MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. Today, New York Attorney General Tish James's independent investigation finds that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, violating state and federal law. And Democrats have moved fast to extend the eviction moratorium. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everyone. I know that doesn't seem like a lot of headlines, but I really want to go over the details in this investigative report out from the New York Attorney General's office and Tish James into the this was the investigation into the sexual harassment allegations against Governor Cuomo. I will be going over that in detail. So I want to give a content warning now and I'll give a content warning right before I talk about it. And later in the show, I'm going to be discussing these findings with the author of Big Dirty Money and Law, Professor Jen Taub. And surprise, Amy Carrero is going to be joining me for the good news because Dana is out. So I'm looking forward to that as well. We do have a lot to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Lead story today, obviously, is the New York Attorney General Tish James's findings in the months long investigation into the sexual harassment and assault allegations against Governor Cuomo. I'll be discussing these findings, as I said, later in the show with Jennifer Taub. But I wanted to go over the key findings with you. And again, please be aware there's a content warning. Uh, as a survivor of sexual assault and harassment, these findings were very triggering to me. So please be aware of that before I get into the details. But also, many of these women have come forward saying they feel vindicated. And I am sort of getting that justice by proxy feeling from that. So many of us were unable to report or didn't report out of fear. And if we did report, we didn't see our assaulters face justice. So this is hard, but it's also good that I just wanted to give you that content warning. Here we go. According to the findings, Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually assaulted and harassed multiple women, including current and former government workers, breaking both state and federal laws, federal, she says, Tish James, and engaging in a pattern of unwanted touching and inappropriate comments. This is a 165 page report. And it says that Cuomo and his aides cultivated a toxic work culture. It was rife with fear and intimidation and helped enable harassment to occur and created a hostile work environment. The report included at least two previously unreported allegations of sexual harassment from women who accused Mr. Cuomo of improperly touching them, including an unnamed female state trooper and an employee of an energy company. And it highlighted at least one instance in which Mr. Cuomo and his aides retaliated against a woman who made her allegations public. I'm going to go over these details here. But after the release of the report, a growing number of Democratic lawmakers called on Cuomo to resign from office, including President Biden. And this just in the Albany County District Attorney, David Soares, said in a statement his office is conducting a criminal investigation into Mr. Cuomo's behavior. Criminal. New York Attorney Tish James was the investigation. She brings civil suits, but the Albany County District Attorney is doing a criminal investigation and has encouraged other victims to contact his office. Responding to the report shortly after the Albany thing as well, Mr. Cuomo reiterated his contention that he never touched anyone inappropriately, declaring that the facts are much different from what has been portrayed. He then pointed to a collection of photos of him kissing and hugging several women as proof 
that he doesn't touch anyone inappropriately. Cuomo did not take questions from reporters, but pointed to a document refuting each of the women's claims that was posted on his website. And he said trial by newspaper or biased reviews was not the way to treat the allegations. I'm going to go over the allegations now. Executive assistant number one. Since approximately late 2019, the governor engaged in a pattern of inappropriate conduct with an executive assistant known as executive assistant one, who was a woman. The pattern of conduct included close and intimate hugs, kisses on the cheek, forehead, and at least one kiss on the lips, touching and grabbing of executive assistant number one's butt during hugs and on one occasion while taking selfies with him and comments and jokes by the governor about executive assistant one's personal life and relationships, including calling her and another assistant mingle mamas and inquiring multiple times about whether she had cheated or would cheat on her husband and asking her to help find him a girlfriend. These offensive interactions, among others, culminated in an incident at the executive mansion in November of 2020, where the governor, during another hug, reached under her blouse and grabbed her breast. For over three months, executive assistant one kept this groping incident to herself and planned to take it to the grave, but found herself becoming emotional in a way that was visible to her colleagues and the executive chamber while watching the governor state at a press conference that he had never touched anyone inappropriately. Next is trooper number one. This is one we haven't heard about yet. The governor sexually harassed her on a number of occasions, including by running his hand across her stomach from her belly button to her right hip when she held a door open for him at an event, running his finger down her back from the top of her neck, down her spine to the middle of her back, saying, hey, you, while she was standing in front of him in an elevator, kissing her and only her on the cheek in front of another trooper and asking to kiss her on another occasion, which she deflected, and making sexually suggestive and gender-based comments, including asking her to help him find a girlfriend and describing his criteria for a girlfriend as someone who can handle pain and asking her why she wanted to get married when marriage means your sex drive goes down and asking her why she did not wear a dress. I will say as I'm reading these, I'm getting symptoms of a panic attack. My arms are... My, my symptoms are my arms get hot and numb, and that's happening while I'm, while I'm reading this. Um, Charlotte Bennett. In a series of conversations in 2020 with an aide, Charlotte Bennett, the governor made inappropriate comments, including telling Miss Bennett and talking about potential girlfriends for him that he would be willing to date someone who was as young as 22 years old. He knew Miss Bennett was 25 at the time. Asking her whether she had been with older men. Saying to her during the pandemic that he was lonely and wanted to be touched and asking whether Ms. Bennett was monogamous, and telling Ms. Bennett, after she told him that she was considering getting a tattoo, if she decided to get one, she should get it on her butt where it could not be seen, and asking whether she had any piercings other than her ears, and saying that he wanted to ride his motorcycle into the mountains with a woman. These comments, as evidenced contemporaneously in numerous text exchanges that Bennett had with others, followed and coincided with discussions she previously had with the governor about her having been a survivor of sexual assault and made her extremely uncomfortable. It made her so uncomfortable that, following a series of exchanges with the governor in June 2020, Ms. Bennett reported the interactions to the governor's chief of staff, while the executive chamber moved Ms. Bennett to a different position where she would not need to interact with the governor. In response to Ms. Bennett's allegations, the executive chamber did not report the allegations at the time to the governor's Office of Employee Relations the state agency tasked with conducting harassment investigations and did not otherwise conduct any formal investigation. Instead, the executive chamber's senior staff sought to implement a practice whereby individual staff members who were women were not to be left alone with the governor. Next is state entity employee number one. 
In September of 2019, the governor attended an event in New York City sponsored by a New York State-affiliated entity. Following a speech by the governor, he posed for pictures with other attendees, including with an employee of the state-affiliated entity, who was a woman. While the picture was being taken, the governor put his hand on state entity employee number one's butt, tapped it twice, and then grabbed her butt. State entity employee number one was shocked at the time and discussed it with a number of friends, family, and co-workers. Following the advice of a friend, she also contemporaneously memorialized the governor's inappropriate touching. Next is Virginia Limiitis. In May of 2017, Virginia attended a conservation event in upstate New York on behalf of her employer, an energy company, at which the governor spoke. After the event, she stood in a rope line to meet with the governor along with other attendees. She wore a shirt that had the name of her energy company written across the chest. When the governor reached her, he ran two fingers across her chest, pressing down on each of the letters as he did so and reading out the name of the energy company as he went. The governor then leaned in with his face close to hers and said, I'm going to say I see a spider on your shoulder before brushing his hand in the area between her shoulder and breasts. Lindsay Boylan. During the period in which Lindsay Boylan served as chief of staff and CEO of the Empire State Development Corporation and later as deputy secretary for economic development and a special advisor to the governor, the governor, among other things, engaged in the following harassing conduct on the basis of her gender commented on her appearance and attractiveness, including comparing her to former girlfriends and then describing her as attractive, paid attention to her in a way that led her supervisor to say the governor had a crush on her and to ask her whether she needed help in dealing with the governor's conduct, physically touched her on various parts of her body, including her waist, legs, and back, made inappropriate comments, including saying to her once on a plane words to the effect of let's play strip poker and kissed her on the cheeks and on one occasion on the lips, Our investigation identified corroboration of her allegations, including the ones the governor and the executive chamber denied. Following Ms. Boylan's public allegation of sexual harassment against the governor in December of 2020, at the time when she was running for public office, the governor and the executive chamber actively engaged in an effort to discredit her, including by disseminating to the press confidential internal documents that painted her in a negative light and circulating among a group of current and former executive chamber employees a proposed op-ed letter disparaging Miss Boylan that the governor personally participated in drafting. Alyssa McGrath, in his interactions with another executive assistant, Alyssa McGrath, the governor made inappropriate comments and engaged in harassing conduct, including regularly asking about her personal life, including her marital status and divorce, asking whether Miss McGrath would tell on executive assistant number one if she were to cheat on her husband, and whether Miss McGrath herself planned to mingle with men one of the two women's upcoming trip to Florida, and then calling the two women mingle mamas, and staring down her loose shirt and then commenting on her necklace, which was inside her shirt. Caitlin. The governor met Caitlin, whose last name is not being publicly reported, at a fundraising event in December of 2016, had pictures taken with her in a dance pose, which made Caitlin uncomfortable. Nine days later, the executive chamber reached out to Caitlin to hire her to work with the governor, Caitlin was hired and approved to receive a salary of $120,000, which was so high that it was laughed at during Caitlin's interview for the position. During the year she worked at the executive chamber, the government instructed her to act like a sponge to soak up knowledge and then proceeded to call her by the name Sponge, which she found embarrassing, condescending, and demeaning. Asked about how certain members of a senior staff known as the Mean Girls were treating her, commented on her appearance on a number of occasions, including saying that an outfit she wore made her look like a lumberjack and commenting on her not being ready for work if she was not wearing makeup or not dressed nicely, and on one occasion asked her to look up car parts on eBay on his computer, which she had to bend over to do while wearing a skirt and heels, as the governor sat directly behind her in his office, which made her feel uncomfortable. Anna Liss. 
During the time Annalise worked as an aide in the executive chamber from 2013 to 2015, the governor addressed her almost exclusively as sweetheart or darling. On occasion, kissed her on the cheeks and hand, touched and held her hands, and slid his hand around her lower waist, commenting on how she looked lovely. Asked whether she had a boyfriend. Miss Liss noted these interactions were, in her view, inappropriate. She did not complain about it or raise these incidents while employed in the executive chamber because she found, for whatever reason, in his office, the rules were different. It was just, you should view it as a compliment if the governor finds you aesthetically pleasing enough, if he finds you interesting enough to ask you questions like that. And so even though it was strange and uncomfortable and technically not permissible in the typical workplace environment, I was in the mindset that it was the twilight zone and the typical rules didn't apply, she said. State entity employee number two. On March 17th, 2020, then-director New York State's Department of Health, state entity employee number two, who was also a doctor, participated in a press conference with the governor during which she performed a live COVID-19 nasal swab on the governor. As they were preparing for the press conference outside the presence of the press, the governor requested the state entity not put the swab up his nose so deeply that you hit my brain. State entity number two replied she'd be gentle and accurate in conducting the swab test, to which the governor responded, gentle but accurate. I've heard that before. State entity number two felt the governor intended to convey a joke of an implied sexual nature. Anna Roosh, on September 14th, 2019, at a wedding party of one of the governor's senior aides, the governor approached a guest, Anna Roosh, and shook her hand and then quickly moved his hands to her back, touching her bare skin where there was a cutout in her dress. Miss Roosh, feeling uncomfortable, grabbed the governor's wrist and removed his hand from her back. At that point, the governor remarked, wow, you're aggressive, after which the governor cupped her face in his hands and said, can I kiss you? And without waiting for a response, and as Miss Roosh tried to move and turn her face away, the governor kissed her left cheek. Pictures taken by Miss Roosh's friends captured the governor's kiss and Mrs. Roosh's uncomfortable reaction. Those are all from the executive summary of the 167-page report. Now, in the interview later on with Jen Taub, I need to let you know that that interview took place before we found out that the Albany district attorney was doing a criminal investigation and I need to let you know that because Jen Taub says that that needs to happen, and it is. So you will hear us call for a criminal investigation. de Blasio, Schumer, Gillibrand, Pelosi, most other Democrats, including me, are calling for his immediate resignation. I think he will eventually resign if we keep our voices up. He's saying he won't, but I think he will. In other news today, I want to shift to a little bit of good news. We've got a 60-day extended eviction moratorium. And members of the squad are celebrating, as are a lot of Democrats around this country and a lot of Americans as well. And this holding up the action is a major progressive victory just days after the nationwide federal eviction ban expired. Among the lawkeepers to celebrate was Rep. Cory Bush, as we know, who has been demonstrating by sleeping on the steps of the Capitol for the past five nights in protest of the moratorium expiring on Saturday. She's been hailed as the key figure behind the administration's latest action. She says, quote, on Friday night, I came to the Capitol with my chair. I refused to accept that Congress could leave for vacation while 11 million people faced eviction. For five days, we've been out here demanding our government acts to save lives. Today, our movement moved mountains. The new eviction moratorium will ban evictions in counties that have high rates of transmissions affecting the same areas where the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had recommended that all people wear masks when indoors. It's expected to cover roughly 90 percent of renters in the United States. So that is a bright spot amid the difficult news coming out of New York and the governor's office today. We'll be right back with Jennifer Taub to discuss the Cuomo investigation and the findings and our reaction right after this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's Allison Gill from The Daily Beans. As someone who's constantly watching the news and filtering it into different sources, I have to say, the current media landscape is fundamentally broken. The press is no longer neutral, and it's financially incentivized to push divisive content and generate clicks. Social media is making matters worse by dividing people into their own tribal bubbles, fanning the flames of polarization. This is one of the biggest issues of our times, and one that we deeply care about here at The Beans. Ground News is one of the few companies that's out there working to solve it. Ground News is a new startup working on rebuilding that shared sense of reality and putting readers back in the driver's seat, giving people more control over the news they read. Founded by a former member of NASA, NASA engineer, as a matter of fact, they are a news comparison platform, empowering readers to see how sources with different underlying biases are covering the story from a balanced view of the day's most important news. The platform itself is apolitical. It's for anyone who's not afraid of having their opinions challenged and open to seeing multiple perspectives on controversial issues. Ground has an immense library of sources featuring over 50,000 outlets from across the world and political spectrum. You can see every side of every side, so you can come to your own conclusions. Their blind spot feature enables you to check your news blind spot and see stories that aren't being reported by one side of the political spectrum that you would otherwise miss in your bubble. Ground is what I want the future of news to look like, nonpartisan and only interested in keeping you informed, not angry. Try for yourself and click on the link in the description to download the free Ground News app. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today I'm joined by my friend and yours probably too. She's awesome. She's a law professor at the Western New England University School of Law and author of the amazing book, Big Dirty Money, that came out in 2020. Big Dirty Money 2020. Please welcome Jennifer Taub. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. It's such a momentous occasion too. Oh, it's never... One of these days I want to call my friends and just have a chat about, I don't know, margaritas or something. But today, (laughs) today we're going to be talking about this absolutely horrifying for me personally and for for the women involved report, a lot of pages of allegations, corroborated allegations of harassment and assault, as far as I'm concerned, that violate federal and, and state criminal law. Interesting, she mentioned federal when New York Attorney General Tish James gave the announcement that her investigation into Governor Cuomo's office and his behavior is now complete. And so I was wondering what your top line reactions are to this report and the accusations in it. Even though I expected a report to support the allegations of the women who came forward, this is, I believe, much more in-depth, much more damning and clearly grounds for his resignation. What I also want to say is um, I didn't watch it live, uh, but I did take a moment to watch the um, watch the video recording of Cuomo's reaction to the report. And I'm actually I'm physically ill by what he did as a survivor of sexual assault, but also as someone, a woman in the world who's dealt with you know sexual harassment. I found it sickening the way he the way he handled it um, and happy to elaborate. But I want you to be able to get a word in before I just start ranting. (laughs) Yeah, because he actually didn't do it live either. He taped this response. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah. So you watched a recording of a recording. Yeah, it was also sickening to me. And I was immediately thrown back into the fight I've been fighting for the last 10 years with military sexual assault, which is, and you know, the state government, this executive state government office, uh, military, different, one's federal, one's state, but they're both government institutions. And the fight that we've been fighting 
oddly enough, with Kirsten Gillibrand to take the decision of whether to deal with and prosecute sexual assault and harassment out of the hands of the commanders because of this major conflict of interest. What if the commander is the assaulter or and in every case, whoever is harassing you is in the chain of command with that commander. And so we wanted to have a place, a safe place to report outside of that chain of command. And that was where my first thought went to uh, after all of the memories of, of harassment and assault came flooding back in a government institution. So I was sickened and triggered and it's, it's disgusting. And I've, I can relate to every single one of these accusations as I think most women can at some point in their lives relate to unwanted comments, unwanted touching. And what I think is one of the more important elements here, the hostile work environment and fear of reporting and speaking out, which is again, why in the military, I wanted that taken out of the chain of command. And now I'm thinking in all government institutions, this needs to be uh, something to be considered because when we do investigations like this, it's for the, you know, for the core of the matter and the target of the matter, but also how we're going to fix it going forward. And that's how I would fix this going forward is to give people a safe place to speak out and report where they aren't they don't feel that hostile work environment because of the power of the person that's that's uh, harassing or assaulting them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I'm so glad you mentioned hierarchy and power and the right way to handle these investigations, also given your own experience in the military. I think this is a um, people's reactions to this are multi-layered, right? So far, what has made me so happy about our conversation is you and I have not brought in partisan politics to this. And we shouldn't and we don't need to. Cuomo did that. Um, what I think is important to, I guess, I, 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 before I return to what troubled me so much about Cuomo as a person, I want to talk about sort of the an institutional perspective on this. And I, I just want to refer folks, um, uh, Ellie Mistal, um, who you m- must be your friend and you probably know him from MSNBC <laughs> and Twitter and The Nation. And I know him from real life too. And he said today, Um, Before the presser, I'm just going to quote his tweet. He said, I feel confident that this is an investigation that would not have happened under three previous New York attorneys general before James, Eric Schneiderman, Andrew Cuomo, and Elliot Spitzer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) big red, big red sirens going off right there on all three of those names. Just in case folks don't know. We know about Cuomo, the allegations against him. Elliot Spitzer, as people may remember, um, resigned um, in shame after being caught paying for um, the services of a prostitute. There's more to say about that. And then Eric Schneiderman himself also resigned amid allegations of sexual assault during a dating experience, if I recall correctly. But uh, the reason why I raise this, I'm going to talk about this for, I guess, a couple of reasons. One, I think um, it kind of goes to what you're saying about chain of command. I mean, but it also goes to what is it about, not, I'm going to say men, but what is it about someone who might be in a position of a particular kind of power, like an att- like a um, attorney general, they don't have full criminal power in New York state. They certainly have power over enforcing the laws, um, some criminal authority, um, but, you know, these folks were um, at least Spitzer and Schneiderman, very tough on Wall Street. Um, Schneiderman had been investigating Donald Trump for his fake university 
Um, he ended up selling it that I think on very light terms, didn't ask for criminal authority that I know of. It didn't become a criminal case. You can look at Elliot Spitzer, who was thought to be tough on Wall Street. Um, but you know, you can look at some of those settlements. There were no criminal charges brought. I don't think they were asked. Settlements involving the dot-com bubbles. Folks may not remember this. If you're interested in knowing the backstory, and I don't mean the sexual assault allegations about these folks, but more importantly, if you want to look at um, the way in which having certain kinds of men in power um, who have uh, Achilles heels, where people know about sexual harassment or, or, or using prostitutes or anything that they think would harm them due to their sex addiction or sexual harassment or sexual assault addictions. Those kind of men, when they're in positions of authority over, let's say, banks or over white collar criminals, it's very dangerous because they're not going to enforce the laws because the people know this about them. And one example, I mean, and I mentioned this in my book, Big Dirty Money, this was well reported out um, that when Donald Trump was being investigated um, by um, by Schneiderman's office, he tweeted stuff out. This was in 2013, um, saying Wiener is gone. You might remember him. Spitzer is gone. Next will be lightweight AG Eric Schneiderman. Is he a crook? Wait and see. Worse than Spitzer or Wiener. So. Why is he mentioning Anthony Weiner? Anthony Weiner was a member of Congress in New York. He had nothing to do with the AG's office. What Trump was hinting at is that he knew about some sexual impropriety about oh, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we know this because of um, stuff that Michael Cohen said later. Anyway, all of this, all of this, I guess I'm saying is, I, I don't want to get too far away from the actual disgusting um, way Cuomo, Cuomo dealt with and brushed off these allegations. And I don't want to minimize sexual assault and harassment, but I do want to say that this isn't just a personal problem. The personal is political because people know these things about each other. And as a result of this dirt, it's the same story we, we've had before. If there's dirt on, a, on someone who has the power to enforce the laws, then they're going to go light or maybe avoid um, avoid enforcing the laws against other people. Um, who have power. And I call that in my book, Big Dirty Money, I call this the concept of mutually assured immunity. And, um, you know, Tish James, uh, African-American woman, um, is, is not a white wealthy man with power. And she doesn't, I assume, have a history of sexual assault and harassment. And that's why it's great to, you know, boy, and she doesn't have a history of being a white woman who's going to cover up for the men in her life like some white women do. I'm not saying that black women don't do the same thing, but she's particularly um, in a position to pursue this kind of thing. And I, you know, all of these things come into play, layers of a politics and power um, in the society just from this one case. Yeah, I didn't even think about the the sort of mutually assured immunization situation too. And that applies in the military as well, because, you know, sexual assault is so rampant that, hey, I won't do if you don't, and we'll just be quiet. And then, of course, meanwhile, beating you down to make sure that you don't report with those kinds of threats and things like that. And and honestly, you know, after I've, I've done a lot of speaking on this and in my in my and I can only speak to my personal experience, the threats to me about reporting and being scared into being being threatened to, you know, not file a report and not being able to tell anyone or talk to anybody about it, that was almost more traumatizing than the actual assault. 
Probably not. I can't sort that out in my own brain, but it's it's something that is more readily available to think about and therefore can cause a lot of more a lot more problems. I think that's true. And I think it's two things. One, for a lot of women, the way sexual harassment in the workplace affects their careers. It means they had to change jobs or move. That can be more, you know, it's it's not it's not the touching itself necessarily. It's not the assault itself necessarily. It's the demoralizing. It's the way it affects you in so many other ways. The gaslighting and the this didn't really happen. Why are you going to file a false report? Why are you going to cry rape? Why are you going to do this? To the point where we, you know, some of us and a lot of us and women and men believe that that we were at fault for for a very long time until actual physiological trauma symptoms start to bubble to the surface. And you're like, well, that's weird. Nothing bad ever happened to me before. And and then you find out that it did. I just want to say this because it's so gross and I just have to get it out there. You know, Cuomo was like a defective person. He's being accused. Now you tell me it was already taped. He's being accused of sexual assault or harassment of at least 11 women. And he begins his press conference by divulging that a female family member of his was someone who was a victim of sexual assault. And then he dares, dares to say, well, she'll never really get over it in her life. Well, he can go F himself. Yeah. He's manipulating and using that. <laughs> and say, because I had know this person who had this experience, therefore, that's why I was crossing boundaries and asked, asked a young employee of mine about her personal dating life. What kind of nonsense is that? Yeah, you know that made me so angry, and also it made me so angry that he said that he touches people and hugs them and kisses them on the forehead, and he's done it forever because it puts them at ease. Uh, no, these people are saying he still d- doesn't put them at ease. It's not. I mean, Allison, do you think this is the first time? Or AG. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Everyone knows. Do you think this is the first time anyone ever has said to him, don't do that? He probably always says, everyone does this and it puts people at ease. I'm going to keep touching them. That's your defense? My whole life, I have been touching people inappropriately to assert my power because I want to tell them that it makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. That's his defense? Well, that's the hostile That's the hostile environment, right? And to be afraid to say anything, be, be creating a, a sense of fear to not be able to speak out about it. That's what that is at work. Right. So, you know, it's like I have a friend who told a story about he went golfing with this super rich executive millionaire who and found out my friend was a comedian. So he starts telling him jokes. And the, toward the end of the game, the guy was like, how come you're not laughing at any of my jokes? And he's like, honestly, you're not funny. He's like, everyone else tells me I'm funny. Everybody else says I'm funny. And he's like, that's because you're super rich and they don't want to hold a mirror up to your face. It's the same with these power dynamics. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the politics and what Biden just said. I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Say yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Everybody. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hold on. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And this segment of The Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here to help you deal with any obstacle keeping you from living your best life. Your BetterHelp counselor can help you manage life's challenges and they can assess your needs and assign you an experienced licensed therapist within 24 hours so you can begin communicating immediately. After experiencing PTS and anxiety, I learned that getting help instead of attempting to cope in solitude is far more beneficial. And it's, you know, hard to ask for help, but I like how easy it is and convenient with BetterHelp. Anywhere in the world, you can sign into your account and message your counselor, receive prompt and thoughtful responses and schedule weekly meetings over the phone or via video. 
Changing counselors is effortless and free with BetterHelp, too. So you get that therapeutic match that works. And it's more affordable than offline counseling. And, of course, financial aid's available. So visit their website. Read some testimonials like this one from user AH, who says, Lavinia Carey is probably the best match for a counselor I could get because most of the problems I face today she can relate to, which is great because when she gives me advice or response to my problems, it's based in wisdom. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelpHelp.com slash Daily Beans. And today's show is also brought to you by Allform, making amazing customized furniture for your living room right to your doorstep. It's incredible. It's beautiful, high quality, crafted to fit your personal style. Sofas and chairs are custom made to your specifications as well as delivered fast and free of charge. You can customize your own luxury furniture with premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of the other stores. With Allform, you get to pick your fabric, which is spill stain and scratch resistant. You pick the color and the finish of the legs and the configuration and size to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. I picked out a three-seater leather sofa, whiskey colored, with a walnut leg finish and a chaise lounge. I love it. It's comfy and it was delivered fast. It takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail and you can assemble it yourself with no tools. Allform has beautiful armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals, and you can always start small and buy more later if you want and add on. Best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months, and if you do not love it, they will pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to the uh, law professor and author of Big Dirty Money, Jen Taub. Before the break, I had mentioned I wanted to talk a little bit about the politics here because it, it seems inevitably that Democrats and people with principle, I'm not going to say all people with principle are Democrats and vice versa, but people with principle call on people to resign who have misbehaved. It doesn't quite happen with people who have no principles. And so Biden said back in March, if the investigation concludes that these are credible allegations, then I would call on him to resign. And he held his word today in his press conference. He said, yep. And that yes. And he answered Caitlin Collins question and said, yes, I, yes, I call on him to resign because that's what I said in March. And I, he's like, I haven't read the report. I don't know the details, but I know the conclusion, which shows he's got trust in Tish James and says, yes, I do that. I, which I'm so happy about because he could have said, I haven't read the report yet. I'll make a determination when I've read the report, which is what we hear so many times, you know, and I can appreciate, but these are pretty straightforward conclusions. And so I just want everyone, I know a lot of folks are concerned that if Cuomo resigns and somehow a Republican gets into the governor's office, he could pardon Trump for any state crimes charged by the Manhattan district attorney, he or she could pardon Trump. But let's face it, probably he. And there's an election coming up. If Cuomo resigns, the Democrat, the Democratic lieutenant governor takes over and she's great and she's not a Trump supporter. <laughs> she's a Democrat, an elected Democrat. And so she would be in office until the election. The election happens no matter what. You have to win the election with a Democrat in order to keep somebody from a Republican from taking over. The election happens whether he resigns. And frankly, an impeachment would drag this out toward the election, sully the election, etc. He should resign, number one, because of his behavior and, and what has happened. But number two, because, well, he's no longer viable in office. And number three, because, I mean, if you 
stand your ground for no good reason and push this toward the election, you could you could really muck it up. I don't I don't think that they'll ever elect a, a Republican and or Trump supporter as governor of New York. But let's keep the election clean and let's keep all this shit away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, here, here's the deal from now until the end of time. It's possible and probable that there will be a Republican elected to the governor's office in New York. It could happen. And, you know, Trump could be pardoned then. I mean, we cannot live our lives and allow, you know, if that's the hostage situation, seems crazy. Also, I don't think Cuomo is a very good candidate, as you've alluded to, uh, for re-election if he doesn't step down. And I guess finally, you know, New York isn't the only jurisdiction in town. You know, if anything, this should put more pressure on the milk toast attorney general's office at the federal level who does want to doesn't want to offend anyone by enforcing the law against a Republican. Um, and maybe that's OK. I mean, I, I just I just think, you know, it's too, it's, it's too many steps ahead. I think the current lieutenant governor of New York could easily step up. And, you know, I think what, you know, Cuomo uh, may, you know, here's the thing, whole thing about resignations. He doesn't have to resign. And as you said, hmm. an impeachment can happen and that can drag out, but also criminal charges mm-hmm. could be brought by the Manhattan DA who has his hands full, but no reason why he, you know, my thinking is here's the best of all worlds. The Manhattan DA um, gives the Cuomo, takes over the Cuomo case and then hands over the hard work on the Trump case to the Westchester DA, Mimi Roca, because some of this stuff happened in Westchester, right? Mm. If they're too busy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I just don't, I don't see the whole Trump could be pardoned by New York as, as the end all be all. There's still federal prison. Yeah. And I believe that Tish James was very calculating when she said, state and federal crimes. This is similar to the Manhattan D.A. Weisselberg Trump org indictment that said the word federal 30 times in it. Yeah. So and I think federal cases are the way to go. And I'm personally not passing judgment on Merrick Garland until we know what his charging decisions are. That's good. I should have called him milk toast. That's unfair. (laughs) I mean, but here's great. It's, It's a two for one. You know, great. You know, indict if the evidence is there. Right. We ha- all we have is a preliminary report. But if the evidence of there is there federal crimes and it makes sense to um, convene a grand jury, indict Cuomo and Trump on the same damn day. And we can end the partisan. I'm saying if, 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 if. You right. know? No, but that's a good idea. Yelling about partisan politics when we're talking about real victims, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a really good point, too. If you if you indicted Cuomo and <laughs> Trump, you'd be like, no, we got a dumb. We got a Democrat, too. That's why when uh, Mueller indicted Gregory Craig, Democrat lobbyist, I was like, look, everybody, look, we got a Democrat. We got a Democrat who broke the law. Let's let's make it happen. And, and I, that's, I think, one of the main differences between Trump supporters and Democrats is we hold our party people responsible when they break the law. And uh, Republicans don't. Now, Republicans are going to be screaming, oh, resign, resign. And, you know, that to me, I'm like, sit down, deal with your Matt Gates, and deal with your uh, oh, Donald yeah. Trump first. Yeah. Well, what's doubly annoying are the Republicans who are like, you know, who voted against the Trump um, in both impeachments and they're like, goodbye, Cuomo. And yeah, you're right, sit all the way down, take all the chairs and don't stand up ever. But then there are also people in my Twitter timeline saying to me, yeah, where were you when 
how come you didn't ask Trump to resign? And I'm like, you're new here, aren't you? <laughs> like you're accusing me of giving Trump a pass? Really? Okay. Yeah. And I'm, of course, getting a ton of messages saying, well, when's Biden going to resign? You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And I'm like, show me the 147 page report investigation that concluded that any of the allegations against Biden were true. And I'll give a look. I'll give I'll give it a read. <laughs> you know, I add a point that I want to kind of go back to. It's, it's, it's a it's a changing hopey thing. I think we need a kind of truth and reconciliation to deal with people, not the Cuomo's, but the guys from that era who thought all that stuff was okay and are probably in fear that their careers will one day be ruined. They're probably near retirement or what have you. I mean, I think people can move forward. You know, I'm a huggy person. I give people hugs and kisses and maybe it makes people uncomfortable. I don't do, after COVID, I stopped. But I'm also thinking about boundaries. Like it's not okay. There's a lot of things in our behavior that we need to all think about and improve on. Um, and I do wonder what we can do to move the society forward where the good guys and gals out there um, are working on changing interpersonally and the ones who are actually doing this to harass and they're denying and, and gaslighting are held accountable. I don't know. Is that a dream? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We should have been there decades ago, my friend. But um, I, I, I hope that the governor's office and other governor's offices and other government institutions around the country take this as a way to look at their policy on how things are reported and perhaps remove that reporting element outside of the chain of command, outside of the office. That is something I haven't heard on the news today. And I think it's something we should be pushing. So, yes, do that. And we'll, we'll all feel we'll all feel a lot freer and safer to speak out and speak up at the state legislatures as well. My um, state rep, uh, Lindsay Sabadosa, was trying to get that to happen you know, because interns and people and uh, couldn't get support for that, you know. So it's a real issue, yeah. and especially when the power dynamics are tremendous um, and the age differences are, are vast. This should be outside of outside independent investigations. I agree with you. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. I suggest everybody pick up a copy of Big Dirty Money. Tell, tell everyone where they can follow you on uh, on the socials. Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. At Jen Taub, J-E-N-T-A-U-B. Not so much on Instagram, occasionally on Facebook. <laughs> Same. Samesies. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. And maybe we'll run into each other this weekend. That would be great. Who knows? But uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. And we'll talk more about this topic as we get closer to that New York election. Thank you so much for your time. Everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Daily Beans podcast. It's Allison. Today's episode is brought to you by Upstart. If you dread looking at your credit card statements like I do, you are not alone. So many people do. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast, easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're paying off credit cards or consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get simple fixed monthly payments. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They look at your income and your employment history, which means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. Upon approval of your loan, funds can be released as quickly as one business day. I know so many people struggling from the past year. We've all been running up credit card debt, living off our credit cards. I highly recommend checking out Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And please use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and other certain information provided in your loan application. So head to upstart.com slash dailybeans now and get started.
And today's show is also brought to you by American Giant. A majority of mass-produced products are geared toward being quick and cheap to produce, which we hate here at the Daily Beans, and I'm sure you do too, because they end up being in landfills, they aren't durable, they aren't high quality, and they don't use fair trade. Today's sponsor, American Giant, is committed to bringing craftsmanship and attention to detail back to the marketplace. Bayard Winthrop, the founder and CEO of American Giant, was determined to make the best t-shirt possible because he wasn't satisfied with what was available. American Giant's best-selling premium tee's iconic silhouette is made in the United States with custom heavyweight slub fabric that's not see-through and non-torquing, unlike other slub tees on the market. American Giant spent over a year obsessing over this fabric and tested several variations until they found the very perfect one. It's made from 100% American-grown cotton with a rich, varied texture. It has a unique look, and it holds its shape and color after a lot of wash and wear. It's awesome. It's not disposable. It's wonderful. The unique fabric and tailored fit of American Giant's premium tee sets it apart from other tees. My first impression of the premium tee was how substantial and comfortable it was. But after many wears and washes, it's still just as soft and perfect as it was when it was brand new. So get your new favorite tees at American-Giant.com today. Use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's all the way. And since Dana is out, joining me for the good news is today, Amy Carrero. Hey, hey, early hey. times. Amy Carrero, what's up? Early times. And guess what? I think I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore when we recorded the last time. <laughs> Uh, you know, you gotta wear it's Groundhog it. Day. Everyone has like one piece of clothing that they wear every day in lieu of pajamas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or is it just yeah. me? Okay, great. yeah. No, it reminds me of uh, Clueless. Where's <laughs> my white shirt from Fred Siegel? Yep, it's my most competent outfit. What is she? <laughs> I can't remember what she. Said. All I remember is this is an Alaya, a totally important designer. <laughs> no, you don't understand. This is an Elias. Yes. An Awada? Yeah. I love it. I will totally shoot you in the face. Yes. Such a good one. I love it. This is not an Elias. In fact, what I'm wearing is probably a $15.99 dress. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hey, you know what? the opposite. I got my tank top. I think it has holes in it as we speak. Oh, but that's cool. That's like yeah. a cool thing now. It's totally. Love I'm, it. I'm, I'm a rocker. Uh, I'm so needing this good news today. I just recorded the main episode of Daily Beans. I had to go over the allegations of the oh, Cuomo uh, report. That was hard for me to get through. That was hard for me to get through. And I've been looking forward to this. So I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm so happy that everyone has submitted some good news because we really need it today. If yep. you have any that you want to submit, any confessions, corrections, good news, idioms, Louis Gomer's dumb. Uh, you know everything that we're doing. And if you want to start a game, you can do that too. Please do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Hooray. I'm going to start this off. I need yeah. this so badly. So Kick us off, baby. I'm just jumping in with the first submission from either Andrea or Andrea, pronoun she and her. Dear LOL, ladies of the legume. Ooh, Ooh love I like it. it. This is a misheard lyric submission. First, a little background. For the last couple of months, post-vaccinations, my daughter and granddaughter have come over every other Sunday for dinner and to do their laundry. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing laundry. The best incentive. Mm -hmm. Love it. After dinner, we all sit down to watch a movie. This is a real treat for me since my husband has lost his attention span to the point where we only watch two to three movies a year. Recently on the Daily Beans podcast, Allison mentioned L.A. Story, and it's one of my favorites, so we decided Mm. to watch it. During the credits at the end, Do Wah Diddy by Manfred Mann plays. While singing along, both my daughter and I remembered that for years we thought we were singing I'm Hurt, She's Mad, Wedding Bells Are Gonna Chime. 
<laughs> and I wondered about the confusing pretense for marriage. <laughs> yes. That is so funny. <laughs> so good. Is that the song? Do it. Yeah. I'm hurt. She's mad. Yeah. Wedding bells are going to chime. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> That's great. funny. I love it. Well, I mean, listen, for some people, wedding bells are, are a cause for being upset. So, yeah, yeah you're not right good. It's not the worst misheard lyric. <laughs> yeah, because the, the riddle is you will know what to do when you unscramble how daddy is doing. And when you unscramble how daddy is doing, you get sing do wa diddy. So, oh, that's so weird. Attached is my pod pet tax. Two of the hundreds of photos I can't resist taking of Toby looking his unusual tightly wound self and wearing my shoes. <laughs> oh, man, that's a cute cat. A little cross-eyed action Is going Toby, on there. Yeah, I was going to say, Toby's a little cross-eyed and we love it. Mm, yeah, our, our podcast, Boobs, has a thing with shoes. Boobs. He lays on shoes, rubs his face on the shoes, sticks his whole head inside of a shoe. He loves shoes. Loves shoes, just like Cher Horowitz. <laughs> okay, next up, from Brooke, pronouns she, her. I just want to say thanks for starting my day off with laughs and news. I lived in Hillcrest for 12 hours before moving up to Vista. <laughs> I, miss Hill- Wait, I miss Hillcrest so, so much, and I enjoy hearing you talk about what I still consider my hood. Finding a rental that will allow grays and being able to afford it drove us down. I'm including pictures of my boys. We start our mornings early on the patio while I get my daily beans. The last pick is to kind of show how pretty they are. Getting them both to stand for a picture together is harder than it should be. Aston is the one in the pool. It's his fave water bowl. And Shumi is a smaller one, my baby, who's almost seven. Thank you all. Oh, Greyhounds? No. Look at these babies. Oh, what a babies. They look like whippets or whippets. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. That I love that yard. The, it looks like you've got a nice little um happy place. Yeah, little plants and cool stuff, and that's great. And then these other dogs on their beds. So cute. Thank you oh, for this. Man. And I love the little sprinkler in the pool. That's adorable. <laughs> That's so cute. That's All cool. right. That pool looks great, by the way. I, I would jump in that pool. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's awesome. And this is just a great yard. I love everything about these photos. Thank you for sending them in. And these babies are adorable. Hmm. Next up from uh, David, he, him, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's see. It's just uh, for what the mutt meet bug oh bug that's what i call my doggy bug his name is moose but i call him bug all right um okay let's see um definitely like pug is there like a bull yeah pug a pug definitely pug. Uh, how about a no i was gonna say a boston terrier but i think those are just black and white right like they don't come in multicolor. <laughs> yeah that brindle color is so beautiful let's yeah, see what I we got what let's is. see what we got bulldog she's a mix bulldog called a bug because she's a cross between a pug and a Boston Terrier. Amy wins. Oh, shit. I was a little right. Okay. Well, uh, kind of. I, I took it back and said um, bulldog at the end, which made no sense, but I'll take it. I'll take the win. <laughs> it's the little things yeah. that count. Take the W. <laughs> yes. Do you want to do the next one? Is that one was short? Yeah, sure. Let's see. Steph from Steph. Pronoun she and her. Dear Leguminati overladies. <laughs> oh, overladies. I'm an overlady. I love it. Hello from Munich. Oh, München. Cool. Hello. As a Kitchen Day listener and happy hour attendee, since 
the first Crowdcast event late March last year. I would definitely hop on a plane to come to New York this Friday if it wasn't for the pandemic. Mm. I'm not the most active member of the community, but especially during the pandemic times, I found wonderful friends that will be there. And I'm really sad that I will miss Beanstalk. <laughs> I can't oh, meet them in person. It. Instead of Woodstock. So good. Since you said we can send in everything and everything, here's a misinterpreted something from me. I'm rather confident in understanding the English language, so I often read books by English-speaking authors in the original version. That's what I did with Dave Eggers' The Circle when it came out. Yeah. Mm. In this book, there's a minor character with a somewhat exotic occupation of making antler lamps. (laughs) That's fun to say. This fact lamps, has, antler, lamps. antler lamps. This fact has somehow grabbed my attention and distracted me while I was reading. And even months later, I came back to thinking about antler lamps. <laughs> sure, antlers have interesting shapes and are somewhat stackable, but where do you hide cables? Where do you attach light bulbs? Can you make chandeliers? My imagination ran wild, designing antler lamps. Then one day out of the blue, it struck me. All this time, I've translated antlers as ant eaters. <laughs> O-M-G. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I can't even blame you for that. That's that's okay. How would you make an ant eater lamp, Amy? I don't know. I don't know. I truly don't know. <laughs> she says, to my rescue, let me explain that I live in Bavaria, mm. where antler lamps are rather common. Yes. Yeah. In uh, Worcesterhausen, uh, traditional restaurants, beer halls, and grandparents' living rooms, you often see <laughs> antler lamps. My brain has probably decided this wasn't exotic enough to be mentioned in a book. <laughs> so now I have all these extraordinary designs of interwoven Ver, uh, vermilingua luminaries oh my in my head that will never see the light of day. Ha ha. But at Ha-ha. least I have hereby admitted my translational slip up. I love these kinds of things. Me too. No pet tax at this time. But when I send you a snippet of a newspaper titled local woman arrested at zoo after chasing after anteaters with a light bulb, you know, I've tried my best. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Enjoy your East Coast weekend. Have fun, y'all. Lots of love. Thank you, Steph. Oh, that's a good one. Hey, you know what? Props to you for reading a book in another language, too. You know, like mm-hmm. I tried to I try to read books in Spanish and I just I just give up. I Well, to be fair, I tried to read 100 Years of Solitude in the original Spanish and it was like a, it was not a Spanish. Ooh. I don't know what it was, but it was something else. So kudos to you. Mm. OK, next up. From Steve, pronounced he, him. I thought I'd share a few more of my wife's incredibly creative and and adorable (laughs) malafors. Okay, here we go. That could be a real bottle fuck, (laughs) referring to a possible traffic jam. Our world is going to shit in a handbasket. Oh, that's, you know what? That's good. She loves him and everything, but he comes with a whole bag of packages. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting kind of punch happy towards the end there. Today was my best week so far. I can't hear myself think. You're treading no, no. on thin water. No, 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 no. It's actually, I can't hear my think. It's just oh my, my God. Hilarious. I can't hear my think. That's very good. You're treading on thin water. I don't know why I'm crankier than one. Oh, man. I don't know why I'm crankier than a one-armed coat hanger. I would be Ooh. pretty cranky, I guess, if I was a one-armed coat hanger. I remember it like tomorrow. He was, oh, this is my favorite one. He was so scared he was in fecal position. (laughs) (laughs) She's really dropping the gun by having us there that early. I taught you the ropes on that. She needs to quit the towel. You need to be conscious of your awareness. Well, that's just a kick in the bucket. If you're going to talk out of your ass, your ass better know what it's talking about. That's a good one. I'm going to take that one. You need to ship up or shape out. (laughs) 
<laughs> that girl's so boring. She's drier than a wet dish rag. <laughs> this one's just from a few days ago. I've got to hang up. I need to decompose versus decompress. <laughs> and my personal favorite, if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you might as well go on vacation. Be well, all. <laughs> That's very, very good. Oh, my God. That could be a real bottle fuck is, is, is good. These are all so good. These are all so good. I really think that. Whole bag of packages. Yeah, that's a, that's a really fucking good one. Um, yeah. Oh, good, good stuff. Thank you for sending these the, in. The fecal positions Mike, remains my favorite. He was so scared. He was in the fecal position. Love it. All right. And finally here, a quick case Ooh. for Amy's court. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. If it would please the court, this is from Ben, no pronouns. If it would please the court, I would be grateful for a binding opinion in the case of Jess V. Taylor. Background, Jess is a very bonny wee lassie. She's an mm. eight-year-old Shih Tzu Yorkshire Terrier cross. She's a very good dog, normally. Oh. Issue, Jess thinks she's a human and not a dog and would prefer human food to dog food if possible, as you can see from her face. Mm-hmm. She's not impressed. Oh, yep. Well, you know, Judge Amy, I want to give you a chance to weigh in on this, but I'm going to say, I have a feeling... Jess has been given human food in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that kind of where you were going with it? So uh, who's to blame, Ben? Who's Mm. to blame? Here's the thing. I or versus Taylor. Oh, wait, it's who's Taylor. Maybe Taylor's. I don't know. Whoever the human is has definitely given Jess some some human food, which I got to say, you set the precedent. You got to come through. So mm-hmm. I think that if you could maybe like negotiate some sort of, you know, I don't know what human food Jess likes to eat. But for example, my dog Moose goes crazy when there's a little cheese, a little Parmesan. He loves a little Parmesan. He's so excited when he gets Parmesan. He actually toots right before, like as he's waiting for it to go into his mouth, he goes <laughs> just to like make room for it. It's the best thing ever. Um, so I would say. It's just he's, he's cutting the cheese. He's, he's cutting the cheese. Cut the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. So I don't know. I think that Jess is just, you know, responding like any any creature with taste buds would respond. And mm. I think if you can, you know, work it out or maybe she gets a few little sprinkles of cheese or whatever her favorite food is mixed into her food, that might be a good compromise. But overall, I would say you set the precedent. Yeah. It's on you. Yeah. And my dad would totally disagree with what I'm about to say. But, you know, give the dog human food. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like uh, like you said, have a couple little pieces of cheese or whatever, whatever Jess loves when you're eating your food and, you know, just eat together. Yeah. 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 yeah, You you made your bed. Now you got to shit in it. That's my mouth. I I can hear my dad screaming at me from from the great beyond. You do not give dogs human food. I know, I know. My dad, my dad. You know what? My dad was very, very strict with our childhood dog, and he never had human food. But I will say, nowadays, you know, like the the real popular thing is to give dogs like you know, there's all these expensive dog natural food foods. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, there's one called Just Food for Dogs in Cal- in LA, and it's literally just like rice and chicken. So if you if you play your cards right, you could actually end up saving a lot of money on dog food if you're making you know something healthy for yourself like rice and chicken yeah or your dog may enjoy check out nom nom or the farmer's dog where they have dog yeah looks like food that we could eat it's like better than mres that they give you in the military it's actually really looks tasty yeah and and then you know maybe uh it is food made for dogs but it is you know good food and and then maybe jess will feel like yeah you know 
she's partaking in human food as well. I yes, don't know. Yes, we I have ruled know. in Jess's favor. Sorry, Ben. Yeah, I, I just feel like once you give a dog human food, it's no going back. No going back, baby. It's too good. You got a taste. First taste is not free. <laughs> <laughs> Never hey, free. You want some human food? Got some yeah. human food. Hey, psst. first taste is HF. free. Not for you, HF. asshole. <laughs> Open up the trench coat. Human food. Human food. <laughs> yeah. A little Parmesan. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you for these submissions. This is there's so much that can be said for laughter, mm-hmm. you know, talking to a friend and, and sharing good stories that can really help. Yes. People, specifically me, who have had a very hard time today yeah. uh, dealing with the news. So um, please continue to send these in. It really does make a difference. And I appreciate you all so much because without you, I'd just be sitting around bummed out about this news. Honestly. Talking to yourself or talking to boobs. Yeah. Well, he's cool. He's cool. He's pretty cool. He does cheer me up. Uh, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Hey, it's Tuesday. Go on. It's going to be Wednesday and I'll see you Friday. Yeah. Well, I'm no, I'm going to be gone. Right. You're going to be gone. But but you are going to come on tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ooh, I can't ooh. wait. Um, I can't wait. And I'm sorry to, I'm sorry. We're not going to, I'm not going to be in New York. That sucks. Yeah. But I'll be in up in LA on the 12th. We'll talk about it offline. Love it. Okay. For that weekend. All right, everybody until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.